Hey, greetings! This is Dr. Edwards with Lunch and Rant. What am I going to talk about today? Well, let me tell you. How about Medicare for All? So, let's talk about the ACA for a second. Let's back up a little bit and talk about the ACA. So, I knew back in 2000 when I entered medicine, and certainly as I went further along, that Medicare for All, or that Medicare actually, and insurance in general, was probably a bad idea. That it wasn't working really well. That the incentives were completely misaligned. That basically, the way incentives were aligned was for sick care and not preventative medicine. And it also wasn't aligned for the patients to want to be healthy. Um, it was really aligned in a way where people just went to see the doctor when they were sick and did nothing about preventative care. And furthermore, the doctors don't get paid for preventative care or talking to people about mortality. So that was one problem. And the second problem is basically insurance was paying for the healthcare equivalent of changing the oil. Uh, and if you can imagine how much it would cost to change your oil if insurance covered the cost, right? Like if you had no skin in that game, would you really go around looking like, you know, is it cheaper and better at Jiffy Lube or at the Toyota dealership? You know, I used to go to, to Jiffy Lube, by the way, but they ended up uh, causing my engine to be burnt out. So now I go to Toyota, right? Like, and why does that matter to me? Well, my engine burnt out and there was no insurance company to fix that for me. So now I care about the quality of the people that change my oil as well as the actual cost. So insurance is a terrible model for everyday things. It, it's great if you get like cancer. It's great if you get a broken leg. It's terrible, terrible if you're obese. Uh, it's terrible if you need just to see your doctor for something like a cold, right? Now, this doesn't work. So the next question is, okay, well, what about Medicare? Well, Medicare is a type of insurance, but it's actually worse than regular insurance because Medicare essentially tells doctors what they're gonna get paid without regard to how much it actually costs doctors to take care of people or even to cost doctors to take the medical, the administrative burden of taking care of people because Medicare shifts all of its administrative burden off onto the doctors and the hospitals. So when the ACA came about, I was thinking, okay, maybe we can get a great system like, you know, Singapore's, because Singapore's is pretty good, at least, you know, in terms of the idea, maybe every jot and tittle won't work here, but but certainly we can make the idea work. And the idea is basically that everybody has a healthcare savings account that pays for the basic things and they have some sort of catastrophic insurance for the big things, right? So it's like they end up hospitalized or need surgery. Well, awesome, that makes great sense, right? Because then as a healthcare savings account, which they keep and keeps growing over time, and they can even hand down to their children, they have a skin and game. Right? They want to stay healthy and they also make different decisions about end of life care. We can go into that a lot. I'd love to go into to Singapore system. So that's a good idea, right? That makes sense. Um, you know, we could go to all cash, uh, cash based system, eh, less good because, you know, uh, hospital care is expensive and there's no way to get around that. We could go to a single payer system um, where, every, you know, the like NHS, where which is the National Healthcare Service in England, where Essentially, the government owns most of the hospitals. There are private hospitals in England, but essentially the government owns and pays most of the doctors and most of the nurses. That has its problems, but it works okay. They get decent healthcare outcomes. Maybe they don't have the same level of satisfaction in some areas that we do here in the United States, but I can tell you that 
people don't seem very satisfied right now. So they do have pretty much the same level of moral injury and a feeling of burnout among nurses and doctors that we do here. So there are definitely some issues there. Uh, so, okay, there's that system. Uh, well, we could do the Nordic system. So Norway has a system where essentially they have like one doctor for 500 people or something outrageously um, oversupplied. Uh, but they, you know, and they have unions, but they have a kind of a weird work ethic and they, spell, they, um, they spend a lot of money on their healthcare, less than us, and they do get better results, but it is a significant tax burden which, you know, here in the United States, we're not big on. But there are other workable systems. Another one people can look into is the Swiss system, which is similar in some ways to the, the Singapore system. But the plain fact is that the system that we had, this, you know, HMO insurance-based system, wasn't working. So what did the ACA do? Well, they took a system that wasn't working and they made more of it. And they mandated that we all buy it. So essentially, they took a crappy pizza and made us all subscribe to the crappy pizza service, and we all now have to buy crappy pizza service. Uh, and we don't get to decide what kind of pizza we get, we just get whatever kind of pizza they wanna get, and the pizza place that supplies the pizza doesn't get to say how much they get for the pizza. So you can imagine they're not going to spend a whole lot on the ingredients of the pizza, and they're not going to work to make better pizza. Uh, maybe they aren't going to poison us, because that might result in a lawsuit. But for the most part, the subscription pizza service doesn't work out very well when people are mandated to pay for it. And oh, by the way, the fine that you pay for not paying for the pizza subscription service is actually significantly less than the pizza subscription service. And there are other alternatives that probably work better. Well, you know, people opt out. And some people are more expensive than other people, right? People in their 50s are generally more expensive than people in their 20s. And the idea is that you kind of spread this cost out over, you know, a wide group of people, like inexpensive and expensive. And so everybody pays a little bit so that a lot of people can get care. Except that it doesn't work. And young people would rather opt out because they know they're being screwed, right? So it doesn't work. Let's make more of it. Okay, okay. So now we're at the point where we're like, okay, well, this healthcare insurance mandate thing, that's not working very well. What should we do? I know, let's make Medicare pay for everybody. Let's do single payer and we'll make Medicare pay for everybody. Well, guess what? Medicare doesn't work. It doesn't work. They are not paying their freight. They're not paying for the costs of care they're already providing. They're not paying for it. They're not paying for the training that it takes to make physicians to do the care. They're shifting the administrative burden. They're making the cost to administrate the care much more significant than the care. And so what are we gonna do? We're just gonna make more of that. Uh, no, no, I don't want that. And as a doctor, I'm gonna tell you right now, I wouldn't put up with it. I wouldn't put up with it. I'd much rather to go to work for the National Health Service. I don't want to. The, the thought of that actually makes me feel a little ill inside. Uh, when I got out of the Navy, I had an option of going to work for the VA. And, and honestly, every time I thought about it, it made me sick to my stomach. And the reason it made me sick to my stomach is because the VA is a fairly dysfunctional system, at least insofar as from the clinician point of view. I have a good friend 
who works in the VA on the East Coast. And he does that so he can finish out his 20 years. He needs to retire, but he is not particularly happy there. And a lot of things have happened to make him fairly miserable. Um, why would I want that in my life? Like no amount of money or retirement is worth that to me. So, okay, well, it's a problem for the physicians. O okay, well, fine. But, but how do the veterans feel about it? I don't know. Ask some veterans. I mean, I could tell you from my perspective, the care that I get, it, it's okay here in San Diego. They, it's certainly not perfect. It's certainly not as good as the care as I provide to my patients, um, but it's okay, right? And part of what makes it as okay is I'm a physician, so I can advocate for myself. But many veterans are gonna complain about it. And I will, you know, like many veterans can't get in to be seen. You know, you can't get mental health. You can't get physical therapy. It's hard to get an MRI, right? A lot of things that patients with other types of healthcare take for granted, uh, veterans don't. And we really have to push to get what we can. Now, that's not to say that the care once we get it isn't good, because it really is. But then you're like, okay, well, what if, what if we paid the VA to expand that out to everybody? And again, I'm gonna be like, okay, you're gonna take a system that everybody acknowledges does not work and is broken, and you're gonna expand that out to everybody. You're gonna make that your national health service. Well, kids, <laughs> I think you really need to talk to some veterans. Like, I really think you do. Okay, well, here's another model. What about, what about the military medical system? <sighs> Again, you probably need to talk to some military physicians. When I started, it, it was okay, but now it's gone to this whole military health agency, which has essentially become the Veterans Administration for the, uh, for medical, for military medical health, and it's become much, much worse. Uh, people can't get in to see their primary care. Dependents are very, having a hard time getting care. Physicians and nurses and really everyone else in the process is becoming deeply dissatisfied. So that's not a great system. It, so, I mean, the long story of the short is this, is none of the things that we're currently doing are really great because they completely misalign what we want to have happen and what we're actually paying to have happen. And there's an old saying that any system gets the exact results that it is designed to get. And some of you may say, well, that can't be right because we're getting terrible results out of our medical care system. Yeah, yeah, because it, it wasn't designed, first of all. It just sort of haphazardly flew together and it's benefiting certain people and you can ask yourself who that is and I can tell you it's not the doctors, it's not the nurses, um, it's certainly for the most part not the hospitals, although there are some exceptions. So who's making money? Well, venture capital investing in medical practices are making money. Hospitals that are for profit are making money. Uh, are patients being well served? You tell me. Um, so that is my rant for today. I hope it didn't go on too long for you. I really thank you for joining me. So please come back for lunch and a rant. Please like on Facebook. Uh, please follow me here. Email me. Um, you know, talk bad about me. I don't care. Any publicity is good publicity. Thanks for listening. Please uh, enjoy this podcast next week too. 